You're listening to the Plain Label Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Plain Label Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Williams. In this episode, we continue with our look at the films of director Martin Scorsese with a discussion of 1997's Kundun and 1999's Bringing Out the Dead. And of course, joining me for this episode, for I could not do this one in particular (laughs) alone, is my frequent guest, Mr. Ben Teed. Thanks for having me. Hello. <laughs> yes, thank you very much for this one. Before getting into our discussion, I would like to mention that we are still proud members of the Deliberate Noise Network. Search Deliberate Noise in your podcast app for more great shows from the network. Mr. Teed, what is it that you are drinking this evening? It's a school night. I'm sorry. It's school night. It's water. <laughs> but but the thing is, I've been really bad about drinking water. I think when we're recording this, it's in the colder months living in the Midwest Mm-hmm. And so it's harder for me to remember to not be a dumbass and forget to drink water because Absolutely. I'm like, oh, I don't need to calm down. I don't need, I don't need to cool down. I don't need to be, I need to calm down. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but I don't need to, I, I just forget. And so like, I'll go most of my day and then go, oh shoot. Like, no wonder I'm feeling terrible. I haven't drank any water. Today. Yeah. No wonder I'm very tired. I thought I got enough sleep. I thought I ate enough, blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh, I see. You got to get that half your body weight in ounces, Benty. Everyone, yeah, what? Well, yeah, that's the that's, that's the that's recommended a, amount. That's a ton of water. <laughs> let me just <laughs> let me just say <laughs> that, that's just half. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, school night, so water, ice water. So, right. but it's great. It, it's so good right now. <laughs> it's feeling good. Yes, that water is tasting good. Well, I am having this, Mister Teed. Ready? I'm having. If I can. There we go. Oh, okay. I heard it. I was getting the cork and I'll do a little paint, but I got it. Yeah, I'll do a little Foley work here. Ah, that's just like the intro. That's just like the intro there. (laughs) That's right. Uh, so I'm having a, uh, a particular wine that I picked out for a discussion that I told you about that uh, I'm having on Sunday, but it is, uh, 19 crimes is the wine. Oh yeah. It, It is, uh, their dark red from 2019 and it is uh, called the banished and this is uh from southeastern australia this wine and uh Ooh. it's a red blend and it is very dark it is very like purplish black looking uh and so that's what i am uh, i'm drinking i love it that sounds awesome yeah so all right so that's what we're drinking Those are the films we're going to be discussing. We're going to start in 1997 with the film Kundun. In 1937, the search for the Dalai Lama's reborn spirit led to a small village in Tibet. This is mine. You say this is yours? What else belongs to you? Yes, those rings. Yes, Kunda. You will be born again and again as long as old life continues. 
14th Dalai Lama. When you come of age, you will hold the great seal. Oh, very auspicious 14th Dalai Lama. Great responsibility. What can I do? I'm only a boy. You are the man who has come back to lead us. You must know what to do. The Chinese are once again trying to convince the world that Tibet belongs to them. You need to learn this. Religion is poison. We accept no conditions from the Chinese. They put their guns in the hands of our children and force the child to kill the parents. Your Holiness, the Chinese have invaded. If you stay in Tibet, we cannot guarantee your safety, Holiness. If you flee, you might never be able to return. And the IMDb plot synopsis, and I do not envy the people that were attempting (laughs) this one. It goes like this. In 1937, in a remote area of Tibet, close to the Chinese border, a two-year-old child is identified as the reincarnation of the Dalai Lama, the compassionate Buddha. Two years later, the child is is brought to, I'll say, a town, because I don't know how to say that word, where he is schooled as a monk and as head of state amidst the color and pageantry of Tibetan culture. The film follows him into adulthood. When he is 14, the Chinese invade Tibet and he is forced into a shaky coalition government. He travels to China to meet with cynical Mao. And finally in 1959, ill and under siege, he flees to India. Throughout, he has visions of his people's slaughter under Chinese rule. All right. So, Mr. Teed, why don't you tell me about uh, your history with, with Kundun? Did you, uh, d- this is a, a regular uh, holiday favorite that you and Sam put on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw this, uh, I think, it feels like weeks ago now. Uh, yeah. Um, it feels <laughs> right. like I, I watched it and then immediately forgot it. My history with it is none at all. When you gave me the list, I went, oh, Kundun, what is that? I don't think I've even heard of that. Everything else I had heard of on the list. Like I I definitely heard of Casino, but I hadn't seen it. You know, Alice doesn't live here anymore. Heard of it, but like, but when you get to like this this era, it's almost like it's almost like in my brain, Scorsese wasn't existent, exi- like wasn't in existence in the 90s for me. And mm-hmm. and and it makes total sense why looking at the upcoming films, why he would have been uh, um, kind of uh, uh, resurgent and in and, and a whole new light. Like when I start thinking of when I started watching Marty movies, um, I start to think, I start to think it's, it's because of the the next few films. Exactly. After these two, I, there's cause it just feels like a, like a lower, a lower end of, of, of the, of the spectrum. Um, a lot of surprises coming from, this era of Scorsese too, in terms Mm of uh, uh, disappointing surprises, not that, (laughs) not that I'm trying to, you know, badmouth these films or anything like that, but 
there's just there's just elements where um it's pretty clear something else is going on mm. uh that i'm not sure what but mm-hmm. I, I have an idea but um th- this is this was just like this was this was something that i i had no history with mm-hmm. um and including the subject matter i just mm. oh, i just sure. don't have uh any any sort of history for uh tibet or anything having to do with the dalai lama or what it means to be a dalai uh, you know to become a dalai lama or anything like that mm-hmm. um i did know about how they are uh uh chosen or really found is the really the better word. aspect the mm-hmm. reincarnation aspect of it I, I was aware of that but really my only experience with the Dalai Lama has been like, Oh, well, this is what he says about such and such political thing that's happened. And then also, um, I believe the last time I saw, um, the Dalai Lama, um, was on a special interview on last week tonight with John Oliver. Oh, interesting. That was the last time I think I had seen him, which was like maybe a year or two ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I was at least aware of and, and knew what number we were on and stuff like that, which is 13, right? 14? 13 14. or 14. I think it's 14. It was, I believe it's 14. Yeah. So interesting uh, uh, that, that my background has nothing to do with any of this, but mm-hmm. very, very open and wanting to, I was actually looking very much forward to seeing this film and having it be informative and stuff like that. But we'll talk about that here in a second. How about you? <laughs> so my, my history is really similar to yours, actually. This is one of the, the, the real gaps in my filmography of Scorsese. This is one that, uh, besides the shorts um, that you've been watching, this is one where I was like, okay, uh, in everything post Goodfellas, you know, oh, well, actually, I should say post Casino, um, after that, I feel like I'd seen pretty much everything is what I was, what I thought. Right. And then I start looking at these films and I was like, wait a minute, Kundun bringing out the dead. Like what the hell are these? When I started looking at the actual list and I was like, Oh, that's the Nick cage movie. And Oh, this is the Dalai Lama movie. Like, Oh, okay. I I guess I remember. I remember like knowing about them, but never really sitting down to watching them. And so, so, so I didn't have a history with this. I was kind of thinking it was going to be very sort of um, landscape and, and like wide shot based and very sort of spiritual and very kind of like uh, almost like ethereal and hard to pin down. And then I started thinking going into this watch well, the only time that I really remember him doing spirituality and religion is last temptation of Christ. And I really didn't like that movie. And so I was like, "Uh Oh, I may be in for a little bit of a little bit of trouble here. Right. And uh, I did see that it was, you know, the cinematographer was Roger Deakin. So I was like, okay, well, it's at least going to look great. Um, I also saw that uh, before I started watching it, that there was uh, non-professional actors in all of the roles. And I was like, Oh no, (laughs) this is, I can already tell this is not going to be for me. Uh, and so I'll, I'll go ahead and get into it. I really struggled with this one. Um, what I think I I found to be the most difficult was that if someone were to ask me what the plot of this was, I would have not done better than the IMDb plot synopsis. Like I would have been like, I don't know. I mean, it's it's like they discover the Dalai Lama. They test to see if it's really the reincarnation of him. 
and then he just kind of goes and does some things and then it ends <laughs> it's like it doesn't really have much of a plot so to speak and that is kind of what i struggled with i thought that when it was with the the younger kids i was more interested in that because i was more interested in like a last emperor sort of a tale where it's about your child ruler and do you really go along with what the kid says because after all it is still just a kid and that sort of dynamic would have been more interesting but when we get you know the the chinese deal uh, is made and we have the the father dies and we have the sort of removal of his arm and the vultures and all that kind of stuff from oh, that I point know. from that point forward i was like i don't i don't know what i'm i don't know what i'm watching here i even uh, forgot about that that's how <laughs> that's how uh, i guess unmemorable this was for me yeah so I just, tell me i just couldn't well okay and, 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 first of all i want i'm going to start with the bad well there's a lot of bad but i'm just saying like i i don't want to be I don't want to be like this isn't the worst film I've ever seen. But oh, I'm just right, saying, right. But I'm but I'm also trying to say that it, I just could not connect to the film. Mm-hmm. No matter what, I there was moments where I'm just like, you know, having a kid myself who's also very controlling and very much like this is mine now and stuff like that. That you know that <laughs> stuff spoke to me and was very comedic, but also at the same time it was interesting. But it also had no context for, uh, you know him escaping to India or anything about communist China. Like my, my knowledge of that stuff is extremely limited or like, or like when he leaves his village and then he promises to come back. And then that final tag of dialogue that's on the screen that says that he's never returned and he hopes to, but he never has. And I was like, well, why is that like a big driving force? Like, why is that in there? Like, what, what does that mean? And, and maybe, maybe this, maybe this context was meant for a different crowd and Mm -hmm. that's fine. Mm -hmm. But and I, maybe I was expecting too much uh, for them to maybe hold, handhold me a little bit because maybe this maybe this film is successful somewhere else in the world and that's that's fine. It's just it was hard for me for someone who, um, other than seeing the Dalai Lama in culture, post po- pretty much post this film, mm-hmm. I became pretty much aware of the Dalai Lama. It is like the the, the these years onward, um, but ultimately like just yeah but once again to to counter that with some positive stuff extremely um um uh, just just uh everything technical about the film the look and the and the feel and stuff like that none of nothing's wrong there everything is as it should be and 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 the movie feels okay just it was honestly a a chore to get through only in a sense that it was this kind of like um uh, I, th- I think I think it's like how many times you check your watch or your phone <laughs> during the film, <laughs> yeah. and it's and it is one of those things where it's like, man, this is I know this is going to be a big long epic, and and the thing is, I'm already predestined to like not be into uh, biopics because because of like and especially ones that are cradle to grave, mm-hmm. and it's not that I'm too good for them or anything like that because I definitely watch them, I've watched a ton of them, but I just feel like like um if the person's famous enough to the, the, bio, the, the, the biopics that I'm uh, the, the ones that I'm probably more attuned to wanting to check out are the ones that take place in very specific parts of their life Yeah, where, where they just, it's like a week in their life or a month in their life or like, I just caught Judy. Oh, which okay. Is, which is yeah. about the last few months of her life. The Academy award winning performance. Yeah. And then what's interesting is I came in there 
I, I came into that film extremely excited to see Zellweger and, and like her wonderful impressions and stuff like that. And the way she, uh, you know, you know, the, the, that, that type of performance and, and, and how she wants to mirror um, Judy, but I actually kind of came away with maybe more of an appreciation in her, in her, of, of Judy in her final years and what she means as an icon. Mm-hmm. And so like, it was more interesting in that way. Whereas I feel like if they started me way back in the day, from the from birth to, to grave it just wouldn't it just doesn't you can do that with like i think they did that with ray as well and they did that with um well isn't like walk the line goes i feel like back. that's a little bit too yeah they, they go back and do a whole bunch of stuff and and it doesn't have to just be music they, they tend to do that type of stuff but like this is very different the the one the movie that reminded me of the most i forget the director's name might be able to look it up here but um but it, the movie that reminded me of most was the last emperor. Yeah. Did you ever mm-hmm. see that? I, um, I, I have seen it. Yeah. It's a Bernardo Bertolucci. Yeah. And, um, and it was also on criterion and it's not because it, it, they both take place in Asia with like world leaders from Asia or anything like that. It was because of the uh, near child worship mm-hmm. that happens. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying that they worship a child, but I'm just saying like, like there was this like the beginning of the film Mm -hmm. they are they are they are collecting like his like him going to the bathroom they collect it in like this golden bowl and they like like pray to it almost it's crazy how much you know and i think it takes place relatively around the same time like by the you know the last emperor and stuff like that this stuff um uh chairman Chairman i I believe it's chairman mao by the end of the film is the Mm -hmm. one kind of taking over the regime or the leadership in 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 this in in all of china uh but it's just it's interesting just from that perspective of but it, but it's very long and epic in that same way and it was right. 10 yeah. years earlier so right um i don't know there's something there's something about sitting through another one like that another, another film like that that just seems very like i would i would clearly i feel like i could easily get these two uh films um mixed up in mm-hmm. some ways just because both 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 are similar in their structure but one is immensely more entertaining to look at oh absolutely and, and, and yeah. to do yeah so. some of the things that i did think were a, a real plus for this were some of the some of the like you had mentioned the technical aspects whether it's the the costuming where I'm like, good God, like, look at all this stuff. Or it's the, um, the attention just to, to detail, whether it's the, uh, the production designer or, uh, like I said, the Roger Deakins cinematography, but especially where we, they, they had the, um, the sort of, uh, oh, I, I always think it was more of like an Indian culture than I do a, a Tibetan monk sort of a situation where you have all of the different sand, um, like pictures that are created out of sand, out of the different colored sand. Oh, that, yeah, that was cool. Like all of that kind of stuff. I'm like, good, good God. Like imagine the amount of time that that takes to create. And that was the sort of stuff where I was like, I'm much more interested in learning about someone that's making this than I am following around the Dalai Lama because I just feel like that there's, without something like the hook of um, The Last Temptation of Christ, it's like you're just following around a a character that doesn't have much depth to where it's just like an altruistic, like everything is always going to, he's always going to do the right thing. 
And so you're just following around this, this compassionate Buddha, this Dalai Lama, and you're like, okay, well, things are going to happen to the character, but the character isn't ever going to be flawed or make mistakes or do something that they regret or, or be uh, impulsive or have sort of um, contentious relationships, really. Like everything is going to just kind of be the way that it is. And that just makes for lousy plot. I feel like like that, that just does not make for an entertaining sort of watch. Like, I guess I could see it if I was reading uh, a book about the Dalai Lama oh, and it was, sure. and it was about, Oh, you know, they went here and they did this and you met with these people and it's like, okay, well that's, that's interesting because you can, you can kind of see like through the years this person was so resolute and unflinching. And even though uh, Mao has, you know, he has him over a barrel to where there's no way he can defend his, to, there's no way he can defend t- uh, Tibet, right? Like there's no real chance of like a, co- uh, like a combat sort of a situation. And so to see the way that he's able to manipulate uh, Mao and, and get through that situation with the least amount of people dying as possible. That I think is interesting to read about, but it's not that interesting to watch like someone just being that good at either um, either like negotiation or like uh, just being altruistic. Like I said, like that's, that's just not a real dynamic character and without having a secondary uh, mentor character that is playing off of that, off of your lead. I feel like it's just really, really flat. Don't you feel like this would have been better if Marty had made a documentary almost? I do. Yeah. I feel I do like think this, it would could, have been this could have fit better and I would have been more compelled and more interested because it, it kind of would have been laid out for me in a much more. And I, I realized that maybe some elements could be more exciting in a narrative way, mm-hmm. but, but he's made documentaries. Like he know, like he's, he's really good at them. And <laughs> right. so like, I don't right. see why this could have been any different. Maybe it's because I just, I, I, I just, the, the decision-making and the choices there, I, I'm not really following um, why this was, I don't know. Yeah. It could have been something where they even could have done um, almost like a, uh, the thin blue line sort of a situation, right. Where they, they don't necessarily do cheesy reenactments, but they, they can use actors for elements, but then they can show him, the real Dalai Lama, like actually doing X, Y, Z. Oh, for sure. Reenacting how it was when he was a kid or whatever. I don't know. I just, I didn't think the structure was right. I I didn't, I just didn't enjoy much of this at all. It's one of those to where I guess I could, I could see myself because when I put this on Plex, I did put it on there with the uh, commentary and the commentary is a film historian. It's not in Scorsese himself, but it is, maybe interesting to for me to put on and just kind of see like okay what what am i not getting like what is it that is it because i'm unfamiliar with being like in the buddhist culture like is that is that the disconnect is it uh you know what is it that i'm not fully attaching to and uh maybe that commentary can help me figure it out is kind of what my hope for <laughs> for the film i yeah i'd be willing to watch it that way as well just just so i I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm definitely interested in the subject matter. I'm always, always, always open to, to feeling like I can, I can probably maybe you can learn and grow and expand. And yeah. But yeah. at the same, but at the same time, like, like I have to have some form of in, you know, and, and, and the other thing is the di- there's a difference because religious biopic or religious 
religious uh, uh, um, narrative movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can be difficult. It's hard not to lionize. It's hard not to make them look like this hero or whatever. But once again, that's that's kind of the point of 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 the in some ways of these films and and and, and so in in cinematic language it is uh-huh. like very very much um the form of of doing a a biopic of of a religious leader um but they i guess the, the only difference is between this and passion or not passion gosh dang it last temptation <laughs> excuse me no trust me i i i did this at home too there there's something about last temptation that is just so much more compelling for me not just because i know the backstory and i've heard it a million times heard that story just by living in a in a christian culture but also like there was a torment mm-hmm. you know there was there was a torment of watching um like a real actor go through the agony of what christ in the story has to go through and and um that and also um the decision making and the the there was actually conflict there was actual exactly yeah um, wondering uh, and and also you know probably the other thing that's kind of hard is the Dalai Lama is still alive like the Dalai right, Lama right. is still gonna so I'm I'm sure there was some pressure there to to some degree about a depiction yeah well there's there's no third act I mean the <laughs> yeah you don't know how yeah, the story concludes <laughs> very good point but but the, I guess yeah there was just there was just more. There's just more drama. There was just more conflict with 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 maybe because the most similar one of his films, I can say, is uh, the 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 most similar one of his films would probably be Last Temptation or Silence that we have coming up, right? Mm, With the religious, uh, yeah, religious stalwart. I mean, it is religious, but it is entirely more entertaining from a dramatic from a narrative uh, standpoint. from a dramatic narrative standpoint uh much more if you can believe it much more talk about faith and mm-hmm. and and in in silence than there is in these actual two films combined wow. honestly i just feel i just feel like that's the whole point of silence is 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 uh and, we'll, and once again we'll get to it not that i'm trying to jump ahead i'm just saying just saying I could use a little bit more faith in these faith-based movies. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird because I come out of this going, okay, well, I mean, this is a start. Like I, I sure would like to know more. And I'm coming away from this film kind of confused and I mean, not necessarily confused, but more like, I don't know. It's just, it's just not nearly as interesting as something like silence. Yeah. Um, This is the most Scorsese lists film. Oh, it really, yeah. yeah. In style, it really is. Um, <laughs> it really it, is. I really, and the thing is, I couldn't. If you were to tell me what's what's the style or whatever, I I couldn't give you that. I couldn't tell you what that style would be. Well, I mean, I think you lean on certain. I mean, besides the subject matter, right, of your different gangsters and what have you, but I think you also lean on how uh, playful or how risky or how willing Scorsese is to play with the camera. And to, to do different camera moves and tricks and what have you. And here it's just all sort of just like the cameras plop down and you just kind of watch what's happening. And I just thought it was not real exciting uh, visually. Like I thought it was like, okay, well, at least I'll get a ton of really breathtaking imagery. And there's some, there's some shots that I thought was really interesting. Like when they first introduced the adult 
llama. I was like, okay, I really like that where it's on the bank of a sea or a, something like that. And that was engaging. But otherwise I was like, I, I just, I just don't know what's going on here. I'm just not, just not digging it. Nope. So. Um, and then I guess um, the other thing is the lasting effects. Usually I can th- come up with a, with a image in my head from every film we've done so far, you know, Mm -hmm. a director, usually, even if it's like not that great of a film, I can still walk away from a film with even just images in my head. And even for Deacons and stuff like that, nothing really stands out to me. There's nothing that I looked at and went, Oh my gosh, wow. That's actually really impressive. I'm sure it's hard. I'm sure the technical stuff is, is incredible and stuff like that. And I bet if it was pointed out to me, I, I would be like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah but nothing in here, even just coming away from it. Maybe I'm just wasn't in the right headspace or whatever. I, I chalk it up to whatever you'd like, but I still kind of walked away from this just feeling kind of like it's very middling. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it on the lower end because I, I still got through it and enjoyed it. It's just, it's just the effort I feel like really wasn't there. And, and the thing is, I felt the same thing, the same thing I kept thinking in my head. And and I think you can appreciate this as a writer, like, I came out the other end of, of, of age of innocence and Kundun and went, yeah. Okay. But so what, how dare like, you like age I, of innocence is wonderful. I know, Mr. I know, <laughs> I know, but I, but I, I well, I, I, I hear that. I must, I, I realize I'm the only voice in the universe probably saying that about this, but I, <laughs> I remember thinking that I remember thinking like, yeah, so what, like, mm-hmm. like who cares? Like, like, you know, not that I don't care about these two individuals and their love and stuff like that. I mean, it was compelling. I mean, it was more compelling than this film. But mm-hmm. there was a moment of like, well, this could, this is easily, you know, settled if you just figure this out or that out. You know, I just in the moment came away from it feeling that way. I, yeah. I, but even 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 Age of Innocence, I could think of images. I could think of faces. Well, like I can imagine moments from Boxcar Bertha with the crucifixion, oh my gosh, yeah. right? And I'm that like, is, that I, is I, the image. That yeah. is the image. I was like, that sticks out to me. I I don't have a moment here. Maybe it's when they are cutting off the dad's arm and the vultures, and I'm like, okay, that's that's at least doing something. Like that's re- that's reminding me immediately because of the location of casi- of the end of Casino. Right. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. All right. Well, it, uh, it looks yeah. sort of the same, I guess. <laughs> but but so this weird. was uh yeah, this was this was not real high on the list for me. I have I have uh this is third from the bottom for me. This is lower than Last mm. Temptation of the Christ, but higher than Boxcar Bertha. Gosh, I'd have to look at the list. But and yeah, I think I you're do. I think I'm I think I might be I may be with you there, only in only because yeah, I think you're right. Well, and it's one of those sorts of deals where, you know, whenever we, everything's sunshine and rainbows, right? Like whenever we have a new movie, it's like, oh, okay, I hope this is awesome. <laughs> I hope this is really good. And we had the we had the whole uh, opening scrawl and it talks about how the llama is like christened and the resurrection stuff. And I was like, I didn't, I don't know any of this stuff. I didn't like, this is a complete introduction for me. And so I was like, well, that's kind of interesting that it's all, you know, based on uh, Genghis Khan's ch- uh, children that came up with this idea or whatever. And I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. And I'm going to leave it on. I'm going to leave it on my letterbox as three stars. Uh-huh. I don't know if I had, if I had stated yet to, to like on the show, what my rating was, but I rated uh-huh. it three stars 
and which puts it ahead of Boxcar Bertha at two and a half stars. Mm-hmm. But I actually think they're about equal for me. Like okay. I came away just going, okay, cool. Um, we'll talk about bringing out the dead, which is also three stars. But I uh-huh. actually, th- I actually ha- think, having seen that way more recently, that that is actually pretty apt for me. Okay, I gave this without, one without two, giving the reason. Yeah, I gave this one two stars. Two stars. Okay. Uh-huh. And, um, uh huh. And that's our boxcar Bertha. I also gave two stars. So. Gotcha. Okay. That is of the films we've watched or that we're discussing, the lowest end of the marty spectrum yeah. <laughs> the marty's the marty spectrum but Mar- the ones that are the ones that are the lowest are our boxcar bertha made in milan both at two and a half one and a half for the big shave still yeah but your big I shave don't, i don't like think it. the big shave will 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 leave that i think i think that one will still <laughs> by the end of this will still stay uh the lowest which is gotcha. fine because it's very short and it's not i mean um, the elusive my voyage to Italy. I couldn't find that one at all, and so that yeah, one I probably, haven't been able to. I haven't been able to locate that either. I'm probably going to have to miss out on that one. It's just nowhere, so I I don't know what will what we'll do. But I, I guess I'll just say I'll just move on from there and take a look at some of the other ones. I'm sure some of the other ones are available. So yeah. Well, well speaking of nowhere, that uh, kind of transitions us to our second film. This uh, <laughs> this next film is a film that Marty has not wanted to be anywhere. Right. Like this is a thing where bringing out the dead is a very tough find. Um, it's, oh, it's not it... been it's not been widely re-released uh, to my knowledge. Has he said he never uh, said I, I just don't think that he's real fond of it. OK. Um, and that's just me and my impression of it. But our next film from 1997 or 1999, excuse me, is 99. bringing out the dead. <laughs> And I'm gonna take care of you. Thursday started out with a bang. Heat, humidity, moonlight, all the elements in place for a long weekend. I was good at my job. There were periods when my hands moved with the speed and skill beyond me. How long have you been doing this? Five years. Wow, you must have seen some things, huh? But in the last year, I'd started to lose that control. I've been seeing the ghosts. You ever notice people who see things are always crazy? Mm-hmm. I just needed a few slow nights, followed by a couple of days off. There's a double shooting, 41st and 8th. What happened to chest pain, difficulty breathing, fractured hands? Don't even slow down, just keep on moving. Nobody loves me, Chris. You have the power, Jesus, to spare this worthless man. Rise up! Damn, you guys are good. I'm on my way out. Anytime now. Nobody gets fired, son. Look at me. You swore that you'd fire me if I came in late again. You swore it. You swore it. I'll fire you tomorrow. Old man's a bus driver, mom a nurse. Sort of born to it, I guess. Rule number one, don't get involved with patients' daughters, you understand? Our mission, to save lives. Blast off! Help others and you help yourself. That was my motto. I understood how crazy it was to think this way. Then, something good will happen. Everything just glows. Here's 
to the greatest job in the world. Frank! Are you okay? I've never felt better in my life. How are you? I'm good. Good. You can't push up around a memory. You can't push up around a memory. And the IMDb plot synopsis for this one goes like this. 48 hours in the life of a burned out paramedic. Once called Father Frank for his efforts to rescue lives, Frank sees the ghosts of those he failed to save around every turn. He has tried everything he can to get fired, calling in sick, delaying taking calls, where he might have to face one more victim he couldn't help, yet cannot quit the job on his own. Okay, so Mr. Teed, tell me about you and uh, bringing out the dead. The first thing I noticed is that 1999, the greatest film year there ever was, yes. um, <laughs> allegedly, uh, is... Um, this this is uh, brought out by Scorsese. Very odd though, because a lot more filmmakers are making more exciting things than really oh, bringing. Absolutely, the- yeah. You think about '99, like in the '90s. Yeah, I mean Tarantino. For me, it was Kevin Smith was the first like big '90s filmmaker. Sure. Yeah. Um, um, or like David uh, Fincher that came out thinking, this year. Yeah. Or the Wachowskis came out with the Matrix. Matrix. This year. That was the big one. That was the big <laughs> one for me. That one hit, and I was still, uh, I was still really young. I mean, I was in school during Columbine and stuff like that in '99, and had mm-hmm. seen, and I remember seeing clips of the Matrix and them saying, "You can't see this. You can't watch this. This is too uh, violent and and whatnot." Um, you know, and this is what caught stuff like this causes. Uh, things like Columbine. I mean, they're still they were still arguing that type of stuff back then. Oh yeah. Um, and then they would show this like awesome clip of Keanu like flipping through the air, and I'm like, I don't give a shit. I need to see this. This was also the year of the Blair Witch Project, <laughs> which right, I can't yeah. believe that's so that's such a long time ago now. <sighs> it is, yeah. I mean, it's more than 20 years now. So, I mean, that's a whole way of saying like this felt like it was from a completely different era than those movies to me. You you know what? That's a really great point. I kept thinking this was like an 80s film. Absolutely. It looks like and feels such like an 80s film to me. Maybe that's what's going on here. Maybe in the 90s, Scorsese is stuck in pretty much he was he was the boss at building eighties films. I mm-hmm. mean, every mm-hmm. single one that I love at the top of the heap is from the eighties. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting thinking about that. As I, as I watch this, I love the style. I like the style of it. I have no problems with Nick cage. I am one of those people that mm-hmm. find him endlessly watchable, even his like weird deliveries and stuff like that. I am here for it. I just, <laughs> I just, I just have grown to love that language that he's, that he's doing. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is. I just, he just, he's, he is, He's fully committing. He's fully committing, but he's he's fully a a an entity in like the movie landscape. Mm. Like there, like you, if you're you can't ask another person to do what he's doing. Right. Only he only he can, and it's and it's crazy how it he just works sometimes. I think he works here very well. But once again, I come through this film and just wish there was something more interesting. I wish I wish I cared more about what was happening or about the characters or about really any of it. Um, and and, I, and that's a real shame because I think that there is actual life and, and fertile ground here. And it just it just I, I know you probably uh, 
I, I am assuming it, it, it worked out even less for you. Um, just judging by this single star I'm looking at uh, and a little half mark next to it. Uh-huh. Uh, let me guess. Hmm. I hated this. I really yeah. didn't like this at all. <laughs> uh, so part of what I, what I struggled with is, like I said, I felt like it was from a different era, right? Yeah. And I think it, a lot of that is the... I felt like it didn't really know what it was or what it was trying to be because Paul Schrader wrote this film. He co-wrote the film, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, so you have... It's the other maddening part about this. <laughs> yeah. You have a legendary writer. You have obviously a legendary director that we're talking about. You have Nick Cage, who's not too far off of winning the Academy Award for leaving Las Vegas, which feels way more current than this movie does to me. And you have... Um, all of these sort of elements that seem like they should work out just fine. But then when I watch the film, I'm like, what is this doing tonally? Like this is so all over the place. And so some of the things that worked and why I mentioned the, the um, Quentin Tarantino thing was I thought Vin, Ving Rhames was really good in this. Like I oh, thought I he was him, very yeah. engaging. I thought it was, um, it was something to where I could have just done for his, his movie instead of Nick Cage's movie. Right. Like right. it was a character to where I really was, was uh, enjoying that. I thought that the Tom Sizemore character was interesting. I thought that the John Goodman character was interesting. What I didn't like at all was I didn't like the Patricia Arquette stuff. I didn't like the Mark Anthony stuff. And I didn't like the Chris Curtis, the Cliff Curtis um, sort of end, I guess. And I just, I didn't understand. So it felt like at the beginning we had this statement of, what Nick Cage was wanting. He just wanted a few days off and he wanted to like save somebody to get on the right track, right? Like that was what his stated goal was at the beginning of the movie. And then he gets what he wants. <laughs> he, he saves the guy right away. And then it's Patricia Arquette's dad and the guy's not fully uh, conscious and he's not like fully surviving, but he did save him. And he did sort of like, you know, get part of what he wanted and I was like, wait a minute. So, so where is this character going from here? Like, where is, like, he got what he wanted right away. And that, I mean, it's like, you're saying, uh, Hey, Neo, you're uh, the one. And he goes, oh, okay, cool. And then, then what, you know, it's just like, well, I thought the whole trajectory of the film was going to be him getting this day off or him saving a person finally, or him, you know, finding, finding love with the Mary character or something. And I just, I just didn't care at all about this Frank character. And I, I was, I was like baffled. I, and I watched, I did, I did watch it twice because I think this is my new thing where I watch it and I'm like, you know what? I am just not feeling this. This must be me. This must be the mood I'm in. This must be the time of day I'm watching it. I'm wow. going to rewatch it and try it again. And I tried it again and I just could not, I just could not stand this movie. Right. No, I, I mean, sure. I, I see that. I just, I found it compelling uh -huh. starting it, but then I had to break it up at, at a certain point. And it was a certain point where I just, I, you know, whether it was just the life that I'm, the thing is the, the manic craziness of like, it's going a hundred miles an hour mm -hmm. and the entire setting is burning and everything like that. It's go, it, the, the whole place, the whole, the whole setting of bringing out the dead is nuts. Right. Um, and, and it reminded me very much of, 
uh, after hours and, and oh, love okay. and okay. love that and, and truly love that chaos. I love the chaos and how crazy things can go. And, 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 it, you know, there's, there's something about when a, when a film just speeds away like that and, and just doesn't let go and doesn't let up. And, and there, there's something compelling about that. And I think cage does that type of work really well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I think I'm with you on uh, Patricia Arquette's stuff. I wanted more John Goodman. I thought he was a very interesting character, but it was enough in there. There was enough him and Ving Rhames for me to enjoy and chew on, mm-hmm. but ultimately wanted more and really wanted them to drop Mark Anthony. Oh, like what so a hard. terrible like, character slash like, performance. I just don't know what the point of it was. And and like it's it's kind of like it's kind of it kind of reminds me of Kundun, like where I go, I'm sure there's meaning here because because it's Paul Schrader and he's no dummy, but it certainly feels like it, like it's supposed to be just dumb or it's supposed to be just something. And, and that, that's why I'm like, I'm not quite certain that I should be feeling. And then I kind of felt dumb with how much, uh, how much of, uh, oh gosh, what is her name? Rose or whatever. Rose. Is her name Rose? The one that he keeps oh, seeing the, all over. Uh, yeah. Rose is the, is the uh, homeless I mean, one. Talk about, talk about getting hit over the head constantly with with this visual cue that you okay i get it okay like i understand like it just keeps coming back and coming back and it's it's a ghost it's it's supposed to be haunting it's supposed to be this or that but like by the time you see rose for like the third time five thousandth time well i was gonna say even by that (laughs) third time i still yeah you see her five thousand times but Uh, i'm saying by the time that you see her even for that third time it is so over the head that you're just numb to it it's just yes. like you you know it, it like what good is a ghost in a ghost movie when you actually see the ghost or, or you know or whatever that's what i'm saying like it the, the 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 feeling of that presence the feeling of that that movement is is that it's there at all at all times you can feel it but to just blatantly just out and out just show her on every face and then like every there's that shot of of them going down the street and, and it's she's every, everybody yeah. and it's, she's everybody and i literally just got done watching uh malkovich 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 <laughs> where everyone is malkovich <laughs> right and so it just hearkened that also a 99 movie um and it was just oh, so really? wow. funny yeah oh my god it's so good um but yeah i'm just saying like it was almost kind of comical how much i mean what was the point of i just want to say schrader maybe schrader had a had a a uh, beautiful script and Marty wanted to turn it, but it felt like it felt like one of them was the wrong, was the wrong person for this job. It maybe, feels like maybe, it maybe both because mm-hmm. I feel like Schrader is so every single one of his films. I, like I said, there's a, there's an image and there's a moment in them that I, that I feel like, Oh my gosh, this totally works. Did you ever see for his first reformed? You know what? That is uh, coming up on Rachel and I's uh, Plex cast theme. Uh, I can't so at, wait. At this recording, I have not seen it. Okay. I can't wait for, to get your take on that because that is like, to me, that is Paul Schrader. Like that is all him. Like that's his view of the world. That's his view on life. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm here for it. I, I loved that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and And just... Uh, I, I think about, I maybe think about that movie at least five times a week. Oh, interesting. Um, that's, that's the kind of mark that it made on me here though. I, th- I thought about 
what like what what is going on did they get did they just get mailed this and they just went all right i'll just do this or like it, it just feels like going back to a a, a bag of old tricks mm-hmm. of of 80s tropes and 80s and, and very like um uh you know the bad boy type of behavior and stuff like that 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 he loves to do uh-huh. but and then at the same at the same time um I'm not really sure if the script or, and what actually happens in it is uh, successful in any way, because I'm sitting there looking for meaning and not finding it in any spot. Whereas normally, even if I'm, even if I'm kind of puzzled by what could possibly be going on here, I at least have some form of, of uh, quenching in, in terms of, of, of my search. Mm-hmm. Well, so, what's interesting about this is so this is a, a Joe Connolly book that Schrader adapted, and they talked about in the trivia about how Scorsese and Schrader both went on EMT rides to get the proper feel and to get all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, I don't feel that at all. Like this feels so Looney Tunes over the top to me. Yeah, it's too stylized. It is. It's it's too stylized, but it, it also is like they go into the hospital and, and maybe it's because we're still watching ER <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm biased, but I'm, when they go to this hospital and this hospital is like the worst of the hospitals, right. Do, where it's, it's overcrowded. Right. Oh They're gosh. not really wanting to help anybody. They're like shit talking all of the, uh, all of the people that are in there injured. Um, because they're like, Oh, I bet you did this to your, you like that initial, uh, uh, the initial woman that's like uh, taking them in and giving an interview to them. Like, why are you here? Uh, she's like talking shit to them. And I'm like, well, this feels like a late 70s, like early 80s kind of a dirty, disgusting New York. Like, that's the vibe that I get from this. But this is almost 2000. Like, this is almost this is almost 9-11 is when this is happening. And I'm like, this does not feel right to me at all. Like, there's just nothing about this that screams late 90s to me. And part of the part of the issue that I had also, and this is another thing where I was just shocked, was I thought that this music choice was terrible. Like it was all of these 90s songs. Like, like the clash or something. Yeah, like, it was all these 90s songs. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like these are like poppy songs from the 90s. Like these are not like classics like I'm used to Scorsese choosing, right? Like whether it's in Casino or Goodfellas, I'm used to him picking like Stone Cold classic. Uh, songs and here i'm like these are songs that i remember from high school but i'd never hear this anymore like this is not something that has stood the test of time no these sort of no. these sorts of musical choices oh man but i just put i i wrote it here twice what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> um well but, I, and, and I, they I, they sort of like kept alternating like who's the one that was burned out it seemed like then for a while because he got all recharged by meeting mary and then he was John Goodman's character seemed like he was the burned out one. And then when he gets Ving Rhames in there, then Nick Cage is again, the burned out one because Ving Rhames is, you know, he's all smooth and hitting on the dispatcher. And then when you're with Tom Sizemore, like he's way burned out. And so I'm like, what is, what is going on? Like, this is not this individual's sort of path that we're following. It's 48 hours in this sort of like rig in, in like the rig that is going around. And I just was, I don't know. I, I just said so many problems with it, I guess. 
Yeah, no, uh, that and also, um, oh, what was it? Uh, you were saying like what it like? I wanted to try and answer your question about what the fuck is this? Oh, and and I was gonna do it because I don't I don't know for sure, but it, this is my guess, which is why I think it's the fact that I have to guess is why I think it's not very successful. Mm-hmm. I think this is the, it's their version of like a war film. Oh, okay. So okay. there's war burnout. There's just getting out there and doing the job. It's getting out there and seeing tons of death. It's getting out there and, and, and like, you know, seeing other soldiers, like it's, it's almost like they're all soldiers trying to fight on this battle every single night and just getting the, getting back in there, getting your helmet back on, get your gun, make sure everything's ready to go. Make sure the, the bus is going, make sure that, you know, even, even uh, uh, like, where's your location where, you know, let's go get some chow. Let's go do this. You know, there's a bit of that war film type of feeling to it all. I just don't think it says anything or does anything that makes any sort of lasting appeal. There are images. There are definitely images for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think they really say anything. No, the guy, the Oasis guy, um, uh, Cliff Curtis's character, uh, Cy, I guess uh-huh. he's the one that, that kind of, uh, you know, he, he had takes a bad spill and he's hanging there off the side. Yeah, He's hanging off the side of the building. And he's like, he looks out and it's a, it's a beautiful image of these sparks flying. And he thinks that they're, that they're, uh, uh uh, fireworks or something mm-hmm. he's like look do you see the lights do you see the lights he's asking nicholas cage's character uh frank uh if he sees the lights and i just i just don't find any meaning or special thing to that i just think it's more i don't know i just it's well, like crazy night with frank but also at the same time what what quest is he on yeah what are we and, learning mm-hmm. and, and and not only that but he's learning to he's learning to uh the thing is he that there's there's moments of of feeling coming from every death that happens uh-huh. and having to let go and having to let go of this or that you know letting go of rose mm-hmm. you know, feel the feeling that you get watching uh him his his face slowly become more and more long tired dog tired you know circles under his eyes type of uh of out of it you know and and it all kind of amounts to or all comes to a head with that final you know him saving uh uh, cliff curtis's character yeah uh from that roof but at the same time like he saves a life but then does does he subsequently kill uh patricia arquette's father after that yes okay that's the next thing that happens. So he's able to snuff out the life too. And, and like, I don't know what sort of powerful message that's sending. Maybe I'm just, maybe it's too late and I'm, and I had to watch this after my child went to bed and I'm just like <laughs> yeah. trying to get this in and maybe I'm not, you know, or it could just be, they're just not the right people to tell this story. Maybe mm-hmm. they're just, maybe there's something here that they got to focus in on their, their things that they like about this story, but ultimately didn't really, I'm just a regular audience member who just is not, not getting it or not understanding it. Yeah. One of the things that I felt by seeing that Rose character so much is um, I was, I was editing a show that's coming out next week and it's over the exorcist and the, Oh, nice. The demon there is Pazuzu, right. Is like, is that little, that little uh, snippet that you just see the face every now and again. 
and it's only in a couple of frames in the whole film. And I was like, why the fuck couldn't we have had something like the Rose character do that? Or whenever he's trying to resuscitate someone, it's her that she keeps, he keeps trying to resuscitate. Like, why do I have to keep seeing Rose every time he sees anyone? Because then it lacked any sort of meaning or any sort of interpretation. Like I get that he's obsessed, but shouldn't it be that he's obsessed because it's the one he couldn't save. So when he's saving someone, that's when he, it turns into Rose and he knows that it's going to turn into Rose. Like it's almost like a God damn it. Don't do it kind of a thing. And then it happens and then he can't perform because he's traumatized or whatever, or he can't, you know, he doesn't get the right injection in, or he misses the vein or whatever, you know, whatever technical gobbledygook you want to put in there. But that's that's sort of what I was hoping for. And then when they started doing like he's on Narcam or whatever, and he's on all these different drugs and I was kind of they have different uh, drug montages. And I was like, oh, no, this is reminiscent to me of Fear and Loathing. And, and I famously hated that movie. And so that's, that's yeah. where I'm like, no, I don't want you to do this, Marty. Don't do this, please. <laughs> so that's kind of the no. that was the impression I got in that, even though, you know, uh that was what like 95 or so fear and loathing something yeah like i think i think 95 or 97 i thought it was one okay. of those odd years yeah and so anyway so it was just like a, it was just a combination of stuff that when i felt like i got what they were doing i didn't like it or i didn't think it was well done which was so like such an odd feeling for me i was watching this going wait, wait a minute this this isn't this isn't Scorsese this isn't Goodfellas Scorsese like this is not handled well is kind of what I thought the world isn't there no the world isn't there but the world is still interesting in in a way for me that I liked the fast paced and the stylings of it but ultimately like I think the world is seen through like Mark Anthony um uh the the gentleman that the is the cop that is uh standing outside the emergency room yelling at everybody Oh, the like shades he, guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I better be able to. Better not, you know, make better not me make me off, take off my shades. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. Where I, I, I like like that part adds to it, but it's not. It's just not enough. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just not, mm-hmm. not nearly where it needs to be. And and I don't know, man. It like, not sure what's happening or what's going on, uh, in the background. Mm-hmm. I probably, I, I think I that book is buried somewhere now, but I, I mean, I think this is getting close to the end for the book for me. But again, I think that I don't really want that background stuff. I'm finding, I, I'm finding oh, okay. that I'm finding that, that, that background, it, it should, it should work just as a film for me. I mm-hmm. should be able to just mm-hmm. pick it up and, and, and pursue it and, and watch it and, have the feelings that I have on it. And then maybe someday I'll, I'll break that book back out and see what was actually happening. Yeah. Like what the but, hell happened? But I here? don't want that to color my, my view on this film. Like mm-hmm. I want to, I want to come away from bringing out the dead in Kundun as if I go, well, but Marty had a few hard years or something like that. Or, Oh, well he, he was in the middle of this, or he was thinking this with the, with the studio and the studio thought this or whatever. I don't, care about that like i should just look at a film as a film as a film yeah so uh, th- i think that's kind of the reason why i quickly stepped away from 
even wanting to take a look at that book anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as much, see, I'm as, the opposite. Like I want to like, as, I, I always want to watch the movie first, but as soon as I watch, I want to watch the movie. I want to see some sort of like validation or <laughs> some sort of like, yeah, wait like, a minute. Like, what was it all for? And and <laughs> yeah. then also, um, yeah. And in this case for you, you might want to, because I mean, maybe I'll seek it out and, and, and show you just in case. Yeah. Give me way. the high points. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just like, what, what brought them to this point? that they thought that, that this was okay. And, and it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to think about, but at the same time, knowing what's coming that I think, I think as of it, as it sits right now, I think there's just more okay slash middling Scorsese than good Scorsese. Yeah. Which is interesting. That's that's weird to think about right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I look at my list in general, like, yeah, I would say for the most part, I'm just kind of, well, I, I'm, is, I'm, like, is, I'm warm on most things, but I'm not like hot on everything. Uh-huh. Like Isn't it interesting it too, that, you know, he has been nominated for best director a lot, but he only won once. And it's a movie that we haven't got to yet. So it's interesting that there's a lot okay. of like, well, this is really good, but it hasn't got over the top and won more than the one time. Okay. And that's the only, uh, that's the only Oscar that he has. Like you think of Martin Scorsese and you would think that he's got a slew of them, but he has one. I see. Okay. So yeah, yeah, you're right. I get, yeah. Um, the other thing, the other thing that was really good throughout the nineties um, was his personal journey. I mm. think I talked about it last episode, right? Yeah. Didn't well, I, tell I me about it? it in case you didn't. I, I think I was through like one or two part one or part two. It's a three disc set. And you, oh yes, yeah, you did tell me about this. Yeah, you go, go through, ahead. you go through like all of his favorite genres. He's got like the, the the gangster picture. He's got the, um, you know the uh, what else has he got? Um, like the western, and then there's one more, and I forget what it was. But but um, but like he goes through those. He goes through pretty much like why he's a film fan and why he considers all, like any all of his philosophy on film works for me every bit of that makes me feel really good when i when i hear him uh speak like like that that personal journey to me was was like some of the best some of the best like fan film film fan uh type of stuff i've ever seen Uh like and it it just works because he just pulls every clip that he's talking about and he relates it to his own work and stuff like that and i always love when when directors look at their work and kind of compare it to other works that they love. Um, I know Noah, Noah Baumbach uh, made a film uh, that I saw. It was back when I used to be cool and, uh, and used to go out at night and, and, and go to movies at like nine o'clock at night mm. and, and in a world I just can't imagine. Wow. Anymore. Yeah. What a different time. You know, I, I used, used to be like, Oh, well, Samantha's working tonight. I'll just, I'll just head straight from work to the indie theater Mm-hmm. And I'll have I'll have dinner, or I'll go go grab a, a dinner someplace, and then I'll just go pop into the little the local you know little movie theater, and I'll just sit and I'll just watch. And I think it was like like um, uh, the act of killing, or or um, like all these like all these like uh, uh, indie documentaries that were yeah. like blowing blowing my mind back then, and just couldn't believe what I was seeing. And one of those was. Um, uh, oh gosh, what was it? It was 
Oh shoot! It just left me. What was I? T- what was I going to say? Noah oh, the Noah Bombach film. Yeah, the Noah Bombach film, uh, where he it was a documentary that he made called De Palma. Oh yeah, and it, and it just goes through every Brian De Palma film, and it just you have all this unlimited amount of time with with Brian De Palma, and he talks about every film, and it's just so fascinating watching him go through everything, and it's just like let the camera roll on him, and then mm-hmm. c- cross cut it with with images of the film, but it was so fascinating and so fun to kind of go through his work and, and that's not, that's not per se what happens with, with a personal journey, personal journey, but he makes those comparisons to his work up until that point. Like he, when he talks about mean streets and he talks about taxi driver and stuff like that, he can, he can relate them to, uh, you know, his, his favorites. And he, and he goes through like the, all the way from silent, all the way to, um, the 70s when he starts to work he, mm. he honestly goes well now i have to stop because that's when i started working and i'm too close to really make a decision on this yeah he doesn't want to stuff. talk about contemporaries then but you can tell what a fa- what a fanny is because look at just the range of films he makes it's not just mean streets and goodfellas yeah like yes he loves the gangster films he loves he loves the casinos and he loves the you know but raging bull is different to last temptation of christ is different to the eight you know the age of innocence and even something like cape fear all of them you can see those fingerprints but up to this point what's so fun about it is to see the diversity in in some ways he is the most like spielberg i can Hmm. think of um i would totally trade him in for spielberg at this point (laughs) but and sorry you know if i had to choose one well i think i think the big debate is more modern work oh and in that in that that way I think that oh, man, Scorsese is, is probably doing better modern work than yes. Spielberg is. Yes, I'll agree with that. Um, that is, I mean, that's a good debate to have, though. <laughs> man, and then the thing is, he had. They both have two really good decades: eighties for for Scorsese and like the two thousands for, and maybe the aughts and and the eighties for for uh, for Scorsese. Mm-hmm. But for uh, Spielberg, it's definitely 80s and 90s. Sure, like he just kills it. Maybe even 70s because I'm I have to include in Jaws. Well, sure, yeah. But the, just the longevity of both of them and the and the amount that they do. Well, they're kind of our 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 two American directors. I would say like yes. those are the two. Those are one and two that you put up, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Because even though they're contemporaries like Coppola or De Palma, they haven't done this they haven't like hung on as long as these two. And then right. when you start adding newer people, like your beloved, your beloved Anderson and my more beloved Anderson, um, those people haven't had the sort of longevity yet. I would argue as being yeah. like the American director and their view, their view, not that, not that their view of life now is in, is invalid, mm-hmm. but it's just that that's not their. <sighs> Scorsese made a Bob Dylan a Bob Dylan uh, um, documentary in 2019. Like I'm, <laughs> right, I'm trying yeah, not right. to be shitty to him because I had actually enjoyed the documentary, mm-hmm. but what, how is that relevant to anyone uh, in a movie going in since 2019, in yeah. 2019? Like, yeah. even if you enjoy Bob Dylan and, and, and love his work and stuff like that, it's just, it's just, to me, it's, it's more, it speaks more as like Marty has money and wants to pursue the things that he loves why mm-hmm. the hell not? Yeah, he and I, has and his, I would, and I would watch it. 
Yeah, I would totally he, watch it. He has his interest, and that's what he's going to keep making. And and I think that that's sort of what we're going to end up coming around to once we get to the Irishman, to where he it's like, you know, he has certain things that he does really well. So just keep doing those things. Yeah, why the hell not? Yeah, yeah. there's there's oh, plenty of stories in those in those worlds. You know, you're right. Yeah. So anyway, so so yeah, that that is kind of our uh, our rambling sort of everywhere but the movie because that's what the movies are like. A take on uh, Kundun and uh, bringing out the dead from the '90s, from the really kind of, especially the late '90s, are really not a very good decade um, for the director, which was surprising, and and I was kind of shocked actually uh, at at the way that I didn't like that. And that's one of the things that I said. I was like, wait a minute, I I feel like I'm I'm attacking a, a director <laughs> again. Like I'm back, baby. I guess I should also say specifically with bringing out the dead too, as kind of like a way to kind of cap my, my, at least my part off. By the way, I would love to see bringing out the dead too. I would like you to pitch that. Oh man. (laughs) Uh, Seriously. And you have to bring cage back, but seriously, anything I was looking at Mm -hmm. anything, anything I was trying to not take literal, you know what I mean? Like I was trying to look at it from a, from a symbolic type of way and, and, and trying to find deeper meaning in everything. And I just didn't think it existed. Mm-hmm. And and, may, and maybe it's just because I spent so much time with it or whatever. And you clearly spent a lot of time with it. So I just I just kind of thought, you know, is this a parable of something? Is this something exactly? Supposed to be, yeah. Is this supposed to be telling me something? It's almost as if I would have more fun with it if another director, another stylized director, still still Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. but like took on this work and saw, and see what they could do. Because I, I, think, I actually love that idea of, is this like a modern fairy tale? Like, is there, is it a parable? Is it, is there some sort of uh, like a childlike sort of. Cause um, I love the idea grasp. of him, him like trying to take on death. That's the mm-hmm. enemy in, in this war film. Um, you know, he loads up with another soldier. It's not always the same one. He's always trying to get out of it. And his commanding officer tells him, no, I'll fire you later. I'll discharge you later. Tonight you're getting out there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I talking to the EMTs, the, the few EMTs that I know and, and people in the medical field that I know, there is total burnout. There's absolutely oh, sure. burnout. Yeah, and, and, there's, and, and even these days during COVID and stuff like that, I'm just saying in general, like it's interesting to to watch that happen because I bet I bet if I and I kind of maybe wish I watched this with my wife, uh, who who does work at a hospital and does and you know maybe doesn't um, uh, have the frantic life of an EMT and the, and the craziness, but I bet shit pops off on her floor and she has had patients die on her. She has had she ha- she has had nights where she comes home affected by the life that was lost mm-hmm. and 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 feeling that like feeling of inadequacy in your skills and, and, and is this the right thing? Should I be doing this? But <laughs> I think the reason why I'm, I was compelled to continue on in this film is because I think I was compelled by Nicholas Cage. He mm. screams really well. He's so good. <laughs> Have you, you haven't seen Mandy yet, right? No. Mandy is like the key to unlocking Nicholas Cage. I feel like that and like, and like vampires kiss where he is just, he is a psychopath. He's clearly like an insane person. And, and he's an infinitely how he hasn't, I know, I, I think hasn't he worked with, uh, he's worked with, um, surely he's worked with, uh, 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 David Lynch. Right. Oh yeah. In, uh, Oh, it's the movie with Laura Dern. Um, and... um, is it a uh, lost highway? 
No, it's before it's um it's like the uh the romance, like the sleazy romance movie, and he plays the pretty boy. Uh damn it, you're gonna have to make me look at that. Sorry, up yeah, but him and, and like Tarantino, he's made for these. He's made to like chew the scenery mm-hmm. in freaking, you know, uh in with a Tarantino film. Yeah, one of the the director that I immediately thought of when I thought of uh who could have done this film justice, I guess. Um, was what if this was done by like a Guillermo del Toro? Once you, oh, once you mentioned like the fantasy <laughs> or like the, uh, the sort of um, wild at heart, by the way, wild at heart. Yes. That's what it is. While you, when you mentioned that, I was like, Oh, okay. So what if this was like a fairy tale or like a parable or whatever? And it was done in the way that Pan's labyrinth ended up being done. Do you think, do you think of that? Yeah. What if this was a David Lynch and, and like mm-hmm. it's, it's Nicholas Cage screaming and all these crazy things are happening and none of it really makes any sense. And it's just more like you have to kind of feel your way through the movie. And I guess, and I guess like, because we're so used to um, a lot of Scorsese stuff, maybe being a little bit more narrative driven where it makes sense and it's all wrapped up in a nice little bow. Maybe that's why I feel a little bit more, disappointed by this whereas i'm willing to forgive that with a david lynch where it's more based off a feeling but Mm. if i apply those same rules to my feeling of bringing out the dead i don't like the feeling i come away with fully Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's what i'm trying to say is if if this is actually trying to say something through feeling and it's not necessarily narrative i still am disappointed right yeah so yeah i think in the hands of a, a lynch or a del toro it could have been something at least um, like more maybe visually arresting, which would have been maybe interesting. It and just felt like, it felt like he was trying to do something different and did, did kind of like a half measure instead of going all the way. Um, and it just, it just didn't work to me. Too on the nose almost for me. Mm-hmm. To, to, to me, it's almost too. Well, with all the Rose stuff for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's why I feel like there's no way a Lynch or Del Toro would even allow that much uh hit you, hit you over the head no yeah um, absolutely um, obviousness to it so right yeah so uh like ben alluded to this is at the bottom of the barrel for me this this is my wah, least wah, effective wah. um film this was this got the dreaded 1.5 the old one and a half stars for me and this is one that i will not be revisiting because i just did not have any sort of a good experience whatsoever i'm curious to revisit it and and maybe will someday. I mean, who knows? Because it's not widely available, like we said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting looking at my list of, mm-hmm. of films. There's a ton of three and a half stars and three stars. Right. There's a lot of just like okay to good, not great films. And they're all sitting and and I could I could name them all here, but I uh, for interest of time or whatever. But like some of the top of that heap is um New York, New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, American Boy, which I talked to Zach Cruzy the other day, who also saw that film recently and loved it. Okay. And I just maybe it's maybe it's just the way that that um, uh, how worrisome, and maybe it's the time I saw it uh, that made me kind of scared of Stephen Prince. Uh, but because because he, he just reminds me of the problems of men in America and how um they need to be heard or they need to be yelled you know they need to yell i kind of covered all that in my raging bull yeah the type of, type of talk. Stuff, right yeah mm-hmm. there's a there's a bit of that uh color money sitting there too um bad 
the 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 music video uh, that he directed mm-hmm. uh, but also yeah kundun bringing out the dead i probably bump kundun down with boxcar bertha since it, it really didn't seem very relevant to me but also i appreciated technical aspects of it but yeah bring out the dead sits right with the other ones like just merely okay like they're fine mm-hmm yeah it's weird it's weird to say that it's so weird to say that right well uh yeah so that i mean that pretty much wraps us up for for this episode for this uh disappointing end of this 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 decade of of marty scorsese if people have any comments or if they are big champions of either one of these films i would love to hear it because i would i would like to know what it is that i'm missing right like what it is what is it that i'm that i'm not grasping that's there uh so if they have any comments they can uh, message us or they could email us the email is plain label podcast at gmail.com you can follow the show over at twitter our handle is uh, at Plain Label Pod. You can follow me over there. I'm at Eric Williams 79 We also have an Instagram account. Just search for Plain Label Podcast, and you'll find us there. If you wanted to help out the show, you could check out our show notes where you'll find the link to our Amazon wish list. And I do want to thank Mr. Teed for enduring these two films <laughs> with me. If people wanted to hear more from you or listen to you or get in touch with you, where could they do that? Um, most of these, I'm definitely not on Facebook anymore, so don't check there. Yeah. Uh, Twitter and Letterboxd, the name is Ben Teed. And then for Instagram, which really, honestly, these days, it's really just my Insta stories where I put my ranking. So you might as well just stay on Letterboxd. It's Benjamin.Teed for for Instagram. I've never done Instagram before. Instagram. But but, I mean, if you want a quick, like, oh, this is what he just watched. That's what'll that's what'll be on there. But I mean, just got a letterbox too. It's all the same. It's, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And Ben and I will return in a few weeks as we dig into what I am calling the resurgence of Martin Scorsese. And we do so with the films Gangs of New York and The Aviator. Come on, John. The city's burning. better in my life. How are you? I'm good. Good. 66 X-ray. X-ray. 66. X. First of all, I want you to know how sorry I am about this. I've always liked you two. A unit above none. A legend in its own lunchtime. So it hurts me deeply to do this, but I have no choice. You must go to 48th and Broadway. In front of a liquor store, you'll find a 50-year-old man, unconscious. It says here, man smells real bad. <laughs> do I have to say more? But you've said too much already. <laughs> Mr. O! It's early for him. Sorry, right. we're not meant to do O tonight. Something's gonna happen. I can feel it! Put me on the back of that jumper. Uh, EMS Essential, what was that call? EMS Jumper is shooting West Side Project. 10-4, one minute out, let's go. Somebody's gonna kill themselves, let's go. 
Fire workers are shooting each other at the post office. Where are my units? Where are my units? 